There's power in the name of There's healing in the name of There's salvation in the name of The Bible says that demons tremble At the sound of that name Jesus Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Louis Intefel of the Anakazo Assembly Cathedral of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Anakazo Assembly Cathedral of Fakor Katwa. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God followed with miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Shall we receive administration, song administration? You may be seated, please.
Oh, am I going to 
for your love now why are you so hard why are you so difficult why don't you wanna move and why don't you wanna change why don't you wanna change to put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. I want to welcome all of you to the Day Spring Cathedral. I believe that this conference is going to be a very fantastic conference. And um, all of us who have come, I know that our churches will never be the same. Amen. I said amen. God always 
have special people that he uses to bless others in genesis 12 he said to abraham that i will bless you and you will be a blessing so there are people that god has blessed who god uses to bless others and i believe that we are blessing the ud to have our founder prophet bishop dag what mills god has blessed us with amen Timothy said that I have nobody who is like-minded who will naturally care for you. And I believe this morning we are blessed to have one of the sons of prophet Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. The person we are about to listen to needs no introduction in Tamale here. I think we've had church group conference twice. And he has come to stir us up but this conference is special hallelujah i say it's special because what is come to share with us is not something that he has read from somewhere like ezra said in ezra 7 10 he said that he prepared his heart to seek the lord and to do it and to teach it hallelujah so what he's about to share with us is not something he has read he has learned it he has done it and practically have resource hallelujah he's a trainer of pastors and um, has built mega churches he builds and moves on he builds and move on i don't know whether he's going to move on again <laughs> hallelujah amen but we are blessed to have bishop emmanuel louise in tefal in our midst He is a medical doctor by profession and then a pastor by calling. Hallelujah. He had a big hospital and he just left it and came into full time. And by the grace of God, he has built many churches and has raised many, many pastors and even bishops. And this morning we are blessed that he is here to take us through something that will help us in this COVID times when some of our churches are struggling I believe that I mean God has sent him as an answer to some of the prayers we've been praying to show us the way out so that we can continue to have mega churches in the north here hallelujah are you ready for what is coming your way are you excited for what is coming your way I want us with Jesus joy standing to our feet let's welcome to the pulpit Bishop Emmanuel Louise Interfo. Why don't you put your hands together? Celebrate Jesus for this great anointing in our midst. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for a blessing, the opportunity to come before your holy word. Lord Jesus, you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You said in John 15, 8, herein is my father glorified that he bring forth much fruit. 
you said, Lord, in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Lord, we gather as your people desiring to bear much fruit. Holy Spirit, let your spirit of growth, your spirit of multiplication, much fruitfulness descend upon us. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in your word. Now Lord, this will not just be another conference, but a conference that will bring transformation to our lives, to our ministries, to our churches and what you have called us to do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to thank the um, Tamale Local Council of Churches for the great honor to be invited. Uh, I'm grateful and God bless you. Amen. Now, uh, I'm excited about uh, this conference. Uh, those of you who uh, have been following my church go conferences. Uh, normally, I speak on different aspects on church growth. But as you can see behind us, you know, I, I gave that instruction that let it be clear what is it that we want to talk about. So, at this conference, okay, and uh, I don't know how hungry you are. Right, I hear that the conference goes to 2 p.m. and then it ends. Well, I'll tell you something that we have come. We that we are here. And there's a whole book. So how much you want is how much you get. I get what I'm saying. If we have to have some session in the evening so that we can continue, I think that it is a blessing, and uh, by the grace of God, I'm ready. Because I'm sure some people may not be able to come in the morning. We can have another session, maybe from 4 to 6, or 4 to 7, or 5 to 7. I don't know. I mean, that is entirely up to you. All right. But I want to thank God for the life of my, my pastor and my father in ministry. Bishop Darkwood Mills. A great, great, a great, great, great general, apostle, pastor, teacher, healing evangelist, altar. God has used him to altar um, tens of books over 30 million in print, raised up pastors, churches all over um, the world. And his passion is building the church, helping pastors, church leaders to build the church. So I'm sure many of you here have read his books, 
you have read from the Macarius, you know, and all that, where he talks about the anointing, he talks about church planting, he talks about church growth, he talks about loyalty, he talks about shepherding, leadership, you know, and so many other areas. Now, um, somewhere in 2009, 2009, in my church at Kolegoro, you know, I just had a little convention to try to inspire the workers and the pastors to be more fruitful. So we had a convention, I think it was uh, much fruit, much fruit and church explosion convention, something like that. Yeah, 2009. You know, but after that conference, okay, then um, I just felt that, you know, the church good message was an important message that pastors must know about. So I started teaching uh, in my church on, the, on church growth. And then the Lord said to me, don't keep it only in your church, but share it also with my servants who are struggling to build large churches so they can build large churches. So that is how come the church go conference, I took it outside, you know, uh, my church, then at Kolegono, you know, then now Nakra, hundreds, thousands of pastors will gather uh, while they're sitting right here. I don't know why he has followed me here, but, you know, there's a man that follows uh, Bishop Dar very closely and also comes to my church group conferences. You know, and uh, God has blessed his ministry. So that is how come I started the church group conferences. And uh, I believe that it's been a, a blessing. Some products have come out of it. The Zymi. I don't know whether we have the Zymi here. All right, do we have some Zymi here? Some Zymi here. We didn't bring Zymi at all. Oh, really? Church go to that Zymi. Okay, so the Zymi is a collection of over 100 hours of holy church good messages. You know, it's a, it's a, a pen drive that you can slot into your listening device. And for 100 hours, the only messages that you hear are different messages on church growth, how your church can grow. Now, one of the areas that I believe the Lord has touched my heart to speak a lot about is the cell uh, system, you know, and how it leads to church growth. And that is why this conference is called Church Growth and the cell system. In other words, how the cell system will help, will help your church to grow. Now, and as I've taught the cell system over the last 10 years uh, or so, 
You know, there are pastors that I trained in the Bible school that I did sales with, you know, while, while they were in Bible school. <clears throat> the things that God has taught me, you know, by his own grace and mercies, he has enabled me to put in a book. And I believe that it's a blessing because um, you may not easily come by a book that teaches on cells. You know, and as the pandemic has been going on, I have really felt burdened about this whole, you know, uh, strategy of the cells because many churches have been affected many 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 churches have closed down scattered you know and i'm sure tamale is no exception uh, immediately when the lockdown uh, the president allowed us to gather again a man of god, a great man of god invited me you know to his church in another city not accra because two years ago or three years ago he invited me and said bishop i want you to teach only on the cells come and teach us on the cells so i did that and then during the pandemic they started 16 16 cells and he told me that is what kept our church that is what kept our church Many of the churches that have been greatly affected as a result of this pandemic are churches that do not run cells. They don't run cells. They run what is called a traditional church. Come to church, we pray, have a service, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So, as a pandemic has been raging on you know I, I've had a great burden to help the body of Christ to have this material so that it can be used you know to sort of reorganize the churches for them to be stable and to survive during this pandemic and even to grow now during this pandemic our uh, church you know the UD which is made up of many denominations uh, has been affected but not so much in fact right in the midst of the pandemic okay my, my church that I pastor we were gathering you know, on average, 1,700 people on Sundays in small, 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 small groups. Small, 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 small group. Ten year, five year, you know, because I used to preach from the studio, all right, and then they will be gathered in these small, small groups. Remember, we're not allowed to gather in big distance. This is what I'm saying. Uh, watching me on phones, whatever they could do to, 
to watch. Do you see? And that was a blessing. And, and I know that the same thing happened in many, many, many of our churches. So if we're a pastor here, you are a church worker here. How many of you are pastors? Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? How many of you are pastors? Okay. If we're a pastor here, I want you to know that, you know, this subject, all right, is what you need at this time and going forward for your church and your ministry. And I want to encourage all pastors. You see, I realize the pastors don't know how to come for a conference. A pastor must not attend a conference alone. No. Because to build the church, okay, is there a watch anywhere that I can see? Okay, to build the church, you need a lot of people. But that is one of the, uh, the principles for church growth. The pastor needs a lot of people to help him to build a mega church. In my last church that I pastored before I, I started this new one, okay, just the new one that I started, we have done three years. The COVID took out, you know, uh, one year. And already by the grace of God, God has given us thousands of people who gather you know, to worship him through this new, new church. But in the last one, my workers were 600. The workers were 600. Do you see? And in the new one, currently, we have, you know, anywhere around about 250, sorry? About 250. 250 workers. This is what I'm saying. And that shows you, and that is what makes building a large church possible. So when you are coming for a conference like this, and as a pastor, you just walk in yourself and leave your church workers who you are building the church with there, it doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit you. Is it because the Bible said that how can two work together and stuff they be agreed. So when you finish and then you go, and he said, wow, you know, God has opened my eyes to a powerful church goal strategy. Let's implement it. They look at you like, what is sell? What is all, all this type of thing? But if they were here, and, and I believe that all these things are important if we are going to do well in ministry. Now my pastor, Bishop Dark, when we are going, he's going for a conference. All right, he has been invited to go for a conference in another country. Typically, we go with 20 people, 10 people, 50 people, 30 people, 40 people. Pastors and other leaders. It's like, come and see. Do, do, do you see know what I'm saying? Come and see. And in this book, I speak about how, you know, um, I came, do you see, to discover the cell system. And I mentioned the fact that, you know, on one of the visits to Korea, okay, that is where I really saw its impact and it really had a great uh, effect on me. So I am saying that pastors who are here and other workers and all that,
Come with your people. Come with your people. All right? As the conference is going on, so they can hear. And then they will work with you. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. So, um, I want us to... I want us to um, really know that God has blessed us by putting this conference together for us. Now, this book is not for business, for me to make money. You know, when I wrote my first book, this one, The Holy Spirit, all right, and I will encourage you to get one. Um, I knew nothing about books. I remember asking one of the top officials who work of uh, Bishop Dark's book, so how much should I sell the book? You know, then I mentioned the price. Then he said, no, that is not the price. He said, the price is the work that you have put in it. Do you understand it? Then apart from the printing, the work that you have put into it and this book, by the grace of God, the work is 10 years. I mean, this is a book that many of the people here have been asking me to write over the years. You know? And so when, when, when I was launching this book, it was a major swerve. People thought I told this. But this was launched, is it two years ago? Or two years ago or so. You know? And uh, so I know what is the price of a book. But it is not to make money. In my heart, if you can get this book for yourself and your church workers, and it will help you to build the kingdom of God, it is the greatest blessing of my life. It is the greatest blessing of my life. So I have intentionally reduce I call the people and say reduce it so that everybody will have it and I think it's going for 30 Ghana cities now the book comes with a logbook this is a logbook the logbook contains the practical things the practical way of monitoring the work of the cells so what you are learning here as you are practicing it, your leaders and your workers will use the logbook. You'll be completing the different things in the logbook on a weekly basis, you know, and it will help you to see how uh, well it is doing. So each one, okay, uh, each one of the books comes with the logbook. And what I've done is that, what I've done is that, you know, I'll put here, there is this patch here, all right? It is called a QR code. For those of you who use iPhones, if you open your camera and you point it to it, the contents of the law book is immediately downloaded to your phone so that you can share it with as many people as you want to share it. I don't know whether you understand it. Okay, so you can, you can download it and print the law book and share it with 
as many people, you know. So each of the book, you know, comes with the law book. And both of them is 30 Genesis. Hallelujah. How many of you are blessed already? Now, why cells? Why cells? Why are cells important? Cells are important because it is God's pattern that he gave for us to build a church. Are we able to project scriptures? Eh? God's pattern that he gave for us to build his church. Can I have an amen? amen? So, in the book, all right, I say if we are going to succeed in any aspect of the ministry that God has given to us, it is of utmost importance for us to learn to follow the patterns God provides. Amen. Because God is a God of parties. Hallelujah. You know, brothers and sisters, there's none of us here who is building a church. There is none of us here who is building a church. You cannot build a church. How many of you agree that you cannot build a church? How many of you agree? Only two people. Eh? Yeah. You cannot build a church. Jesus is the one who is building his church. So in Matthew 16, 18, he said, I will build my church. Now listen to me. I listen to me. One of the reasons why your church is not growing is because you, you say it is your church. And because you have said that it is your church, God said, okay. Pastor Kennedy, it's your church. Eh? Where are you now? Navrongo, the church there is your church. God said, okay, all right. So you, you know, yeah. I, I get what I'm saying. Yes. But if it is his church, if it is his church that he's building, I can assure you that eh, it will work and it will be a blessing. So Jesus is the one that is building his church. Now, what does it mean that Jesus is the one who is building his church? It means that he is the one who is doing his work. He's using us as servants. When you are a servant, you are a worker. You go to work. You have a boss. What do you do? You know, and, and, and uh, I can see a lot of writing. You know, please look at me. You don't need to write anything. I'm preaching from the book. So just get the book. Do you understand it? Just get the book so you can listen uh, to the explanation in the book. So, so don't write anything. Okay, just get the book. Okay, how many of you can afford 30 Ghana cities? How many of you can afford? Okay, so just get the book. Because I'm just, I'm just teaching from the book. I don't know whether I will teach it in an orderly form. But everything I'm saying, it will be in the book. I'm talking about patterns, it's in the book. So you don't need to write anything. Okay, just 
you know, take the book. You can even open it as I'm listening, and I will come along. It's not a blessing. Okay. Yeah. So, so, when you go to work as a servant, what do you do? You go to your boss, and you ask your boss, today is Wednesday, what must I do? Then your boss will give you the activities for today, or the activities for the whole week. You don't go to work, and then when you get there, you just begin to move around different offices, opening cabinets, putting on computers, doing things. When you are out, so I'm trying to do the work. Do what work? The reason why many churches are not working is because pastors are trying to do the church. You cannot do the church. Allow Jesus to do the church because he said, I will build my church. Now, how then do you allow Jesus to build the church? You allow him to build the church by following the way he has prescribed for the churches to be built. Hallelujah. And right from the Old Testament, in uh, the church, in the Old Testament, all right, when you look at uh, Moses, Bible scholars believe that anywhere between two to three million uh, Jews left Israel. So, Reverend Dr. Moses was a pastor of this big church. In Exodus chapter 18, he started to, to struggle. He started to struggle. And when his father-in-law, Jethro, visited him, he gave him a good advice. He said, divide the people into small, 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 small groups. He told him, the best way for you not to die, and the best way for the people not to die, is for you to divide them into small, 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 small groups. And if you do that, you'll be able to pastor them well and bring them to the place where it should be. Now, when we come into the New Testament, all right, we realize that the Holy Spirit, when he begged the church, gave the apostles wisdom to pastor the church and for the church to grow. Now, you realize that the early church grew very, very fast. Okay, when Jesus ascended from uh, um, Mount, what was the name of the Mount? Sorry? Eh? The, the Mount in Jerusalem, that small Mount. Sorry? Mount Olives, okay. They were standing there when he left, 11 of them. And then when he left, these 11, together of other disciples, in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, 15, gathered in the upper room, 120 of them praying and waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to preach. So that was the birth of the church. You know, and we realized that the church grew very fast. The church grew very, very, very fast. You know, from 120, all right, by Acts chapter 2, when they preached their first crusade message, 
3,000 people were added to the church. And that will be your story. Uh, how many of you want that to be your story? 3,000 in one day. Wow. Uh, that's Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Then Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. Another 5,000, you know, were added. I get what I'm saying. In Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says that great and mighty works were done by the hands of the apostles, okay? And then multitudes of people were added, both of men and women. Acts 5, 12 to 14. Multitudes were added. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, and when the number of the disciples multiplied, multiplied. I mean, the church was just growing and growing. Acts chapter 11 and verse 21, you know, there was a revival in the Antioch church and multitudes, you know, were added. And by Acts chapter 13 and verse 44, whole city was coming together to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bishop Samson, it's good to see you. Okay, the question we should be asking, you know, ourselves. Okay, Bishop Samson, as you can sit here. You know, the question we should be asking ourselves is that. Now, as these multitudes, thousands of people were coming to the church, who was looking after them? Because they were only, by, by, by the end of Acts chapter 1, Matthias had been had been added to the apostolate to replace Judas. So there were 12. So there were 12 apostles. And we are talking about thousands. Thousands of people. I'm explaining to you why we must follow the pattern of the cells that God himself introduced. The cells is not a man's idea. I believe we'll talk about that, you know, a little later. But that is the, 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 the wisdom that the Holy Spirit brought. That with all these multitudes that were being born again into the kingdom of God, and there were only 12 people, how were they going to look after the people? So the Holy Spirit himself gave them the wisdom. That on the Sabbath day, okay, gather all the people. You must all gather in the temple, in the big places for the public worship. And during the week, gather also as little, 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 little groups in houses and continue to pray and fellowship, you know, and enjoy one another. That way, okay. That way, because they were meeting in small, 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 small groups, any, like we say in Ghana, any little Ojashua's brother, do you understand it? You know, when people get born again, for some reason, if, if you have noticed, when people get born again, let's say you do an outreach, and as seven people get born again, you know, God by his own power, for some reason, always touches one person who you know, he has also just been around for three days. But he's very audacious. I get what I'm saying. 
You know, so the Holy Spirit himself also touched, you know, such people to help the disciples in looking after the thousands of people who were joining the church in the homes. Hallelujah. So the pattern that the Holy Spirit, who according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 38, is the Lord of the harvest introduced to the early church was that they must have church in the temple on the Sabbath day and then during the week they must have church in small groups from houses or in houses. Brothers and sisters, the church in the house is what is called the cell. Hallelujah. I got what I'm saying. And when you look into the New Testament, you will see the cells being operated all through. That is the pattern that God gave. And if you and I are going to succeed in building mega churches, in building mega, mega churches, okay, in Bishop Dahl's book, the, the mega church, he gives 25 reasons why you must build a mega church. Do, do, do we have it here? Okay. Eh? 25 reasons why you must have a, a mega church. 25 reasons why. How many of you want God to give you a mega church? All right. Now, then you must follow the pattern that God gives. Because God will bless what he has asked you to do that you are doing. Can I have an amen? amen. Alright. Michael. God will bless what okay what he has asked you to do that you are doing. Now, let's look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Amen. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. I see that. If you hearken diligently, if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. So when you do what God tells you, God will promote you and lift you up and bring you to higher dimensions and, and into greater dimensions of what he has called you to do. Listen to me. The pastor that God has used to build the biggest church in the world, Dr. Yonggicho, who is the one who introduced the cell system idea many years uh, ago. This is what he says. Now listen to this. He says that the reason why the modern church has not been able to build large churches is because it has gone away from 
what the Holy Spirit gave from the beginning. And that the modern church has reduced church to only services on Sundays. But the pattern that the Holy Spirit gave was that have services on Sabbath or, or our Sundays and within the week gather and teach from house to house. Yeah. It's very important. You know, so that is why the title of the book. Okay, look at the title. Look at the title of the book. Okay, and if you don't have one, just go and get one. You know, all right, is that following the cell system, following God's pattern, following God's pattern, not your own ideas, but following the pattern of God to grow loving, caring, healthy, and growing churches which keep on growing. Now, what is a pattern? And I dedicated this book to Dr. Cho. Now, the dictionary definitions of pattern include, among others, the following. A distinctive style. A pattern is a distinctive style. So God has a distinctive style of building his church. Try not to change it. Amen? Uh, a model or a form. An original or a model considered for or deserving of imitation. That's a pattern. A pattern also means anything fashioned or designed to serve as a model or guide for something to be made. You want to do a church and something, a model has been put there for you. A pattern is the repeated or regular way in which something happens or is done. I get what I'm saying. These are the meanings of pattern. A pattern can also be defined as a plan, original, guide, instruction, template. How many of you have heard that I'm going to, I want to go and do this thing? Please, can, you, can I have the template? Please, can I have the template? Please, can I have the template? The template is what has been done. Do, do you see? This is the way. Like if you take iPhones, all right, the iPhones, it has a template. If you take the uh, this, uh, uh, Samsung, the other, this, they also have an Android, they also have a template. If you pass this way, you produce this. If you pass this way, you produce this. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit, okay, orchestrated massive church growth through the cell system. If you want to experience massive church growth, you must adopt and implement this same strategy in your church. Why, why, why is it that many churches have collapsed during this pandemic? Because the pastors cannot find their members. No, they cannot find their members. They can't find their members. Because, do you remember, for about five months or so, we couldn't go to church. You couldn't visit your church members. Eh? You couldn't have training meetings. You couldn't have convention, conferences, uh, prayer meetings in a certain way. 
training session. You couldn't. Do you understand it? And many of us, you know the way it is. You said that you were doing uh, online service. Every time you saw the number of people who were watching you, you yourself realized that, look, you were wondering about, why are my church members? Because if, if nobody is watching me, at least my church members, always three people, five people, two and a half people, seven people, nine people. I got what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and by the time the lockdown was over, because you have not been able to interact with them, they have not heard the voice of their shepherd daily, you know, in a certain they all have scattered. But in churches that run cells, okay, the members were pastored in those small, 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 small groups by the cell leaders. Our cell leaders were on the ground. Yeah. They were on the ground with their face marks. Do you understand it? Eh? Standing at a social distance. But I said, Charlie, guys, are, are you there? Are you there? Give me a wave. Are you there? Yeah. So we are here. Okay. Incomes scattered in churches that didn't have cells. Yeah. But we have been building church buildings throughout the pandemic. We have been building church buildings throughout the pandemic. Can I believe it? Because we have been following the pattern. I see you following the pattern. Amen. And God is revealing the pattern for you. When uh, this book was being launched, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams was then prayed a very powerful prayer. And one of the things that he said was, he said, all these truths are, are in the Bible. They are there. It's all today's, you know, truths. They are there. But there was a veil that covered the faces of pastors and church leaders and he prayed and said Lord from today let that veil be removed and may that veil be removed from you in the name of the Lord Jesus hallelujah I get what I'm saying so it is very very important look at Exodus chapter 25 and verse 40 Exodus chapter 25 and verse 40 hallelujah Look at it. And look. And look. That thou make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mount. Are you seeing that? Can I have another translation if you have? Okay. If you have another translation. Huh? Yes. The message says that study the design you were given on the mountain and make everything accordingly. And make everything accordingly. Believe me. Believe me, pastors. Okay? Jesus said, believe me or believe the works. I got what I'm saying. By the grace of God, what I'm talking about, you know, God has helped me to practice it for many years. Many, many years. Eh? When did you finish school? 2009. Yeah. I used to do sales with them when they, they were in Bible school. For many years. Okay? And God, by special grace, has used me to build one mega church after the other. And this is the, the pattern that I've been following wherever. You know? 
In the book, I tell the story of uh, what happened to me in the last church that I left, the Colegono Cathedral. When I moved there, okay, I knew that I had to sell cells. Because in even the earlier church, before I was transferred to this, you know, last one, I'd been exposed and inspired to the cells when my pastor took me to Korea. I mean, it was amazing to see a church in 2008 they had 800,000 members. 800,000 members. Now on Sundays they run seven services starting from, is it 7, 7 a.m. you know, to about 9. Yeah. And of course not all the 800 people uh, 800,000 people are sitting in the church. But what happens is that they have so many halls. You know, it, it, they have a big church complex with so many halls. In, and in each hall, people have gathered. And then also, uh, Dr. Cho is connected, you know, by satellite TV to other people who have gathered as the service is going on. I, 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 I don't know whether you understand it. Okay, and even there are people that who don't come to church, they stay at home because it's like, why are you going to sit on a Sunday morning around about 5 to 5 30? You hear whistling, whistling. I used to wonder, what is that? You know, there are whistling whistles of buses that are arriving, buses. Buses upon buses, buses upon buses, dropping people, going, and then more are coming. You know, more are coming, more are coming, like that. Now, typically in our churches, what do we see? The church service starts at 8.30. 8.30. By 8.30, you have some two pathetic souls members who have come to sit there. Do you understand it? Then by 9 o'clock another three are on their way. A service that starts at 8 at you. By 9 o'clock another three and then as they are coming as if they are not coming to check they are on their mobile phones, they are sending whatsapps, I mean they are watching whatever. Yele yele would they come and sit down. I got what I'm saying. Your church of 50 people, your church of 75 people, your church of 150 people, 100 people, all right? By the time they will gather, it is 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. That is when the people have gathered. I get what I'm saying. I tell you, in Dr. Cho Church, when they open the gate, the, 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 the hall takes 12,500 people. When they open the gate, in a matter of minutes, the church is full. And when they close a service, okay, it takes quite a while before the next one starts because it takes some time for the people to go out. I mean, when I saw that, and then on one of the days, okay, 
they took us to their cell meetings. So you drive. And you can drive like, if this is where the church is, maybe the airport, you know, I mean, far, 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 far place. And then when you go, you have eight people in a cell meeting. Nine people in a cell, ten people in a cell meeting. Mostly even women. And I realized that it is the gathering of these eight people, seven people, ten people, twelve people, that when Dr. Cho puts together, they get 800,000 people. During the Church Go Conference in Korea, on one of the days, I think Fridays, we are taking for a prayer rally in either the Seoul World Cup Stadium or the Seoul Olympic Stadium. And Dr. Cho gathers 100,000, sometimes 150,000 eh, of his church uh, of his church workers, the cell leaders, you know, you know, and some key members to come and pray. Prayer meeting, 100,000. 150,000. I see God doing such things in your church. I said, God is going to do such things in your church. I said, God is going to do such things in your church. Hallelujah. May God place an anointing upon your life, right? As you sit at this conference, that will orchestrate the influx of multitudes into your church. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something, pastors. Nobody can grow a church. One of the things that I am sure about, Bishop Gweku, is that nobody can grow a church. It is the Holy Spirit that can grow a church. Oh, yeah. It is the Holy Spirit that can grow a church. It's the Holy Spirit that can grow a church by using you if you allow Him. But on your own, it's not by trying. It's not by trying at all. It's not by physical whatever. So as we are here, one of the things that you should be praying for is that God will put an anointing upon your life. When the anointing comes upon your life, the anointing for church growth, you know, it's one of the anointings that I pray for all the time. Oh, a couple of days ago, you know, I was in the presence of the Lord for 16 hours. For 16 hours. And I was praying. I said, Lord, put an anointing upon my life. I need a church good anointing. Take me into a deeper dimension, a higher dimension. Yeah? It's the Holy Spirit that can go to church. When I saw that, I said, hey, this is something is very wild. So when I came back, you know, this should be like 2005 or so, I started the cells in my church. We had a little church, and then it grew to 350 to 400 people quite very quickly. Then I was moved from there to uh, my last church. So when I was going to the last church, uh, how many of you are here? Are, are you following the story? When I was going to a large church, I knew what I was supposed to do. So when I got there, 
to galvanize the church. I taught on evangelism for a couple of weeks. And then now, I taught the whole church about cells. When, I, when, I, when we get to how you can, you know, transform your traditional church to a cell-based church, I'll teach you about that. It's all in the book. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You don't need to write anything. Just get a book and follow. Just, just, just listen. You, you understand the book well. You see, when you are writing, you get distracted. But you have the book. Amen. So everything that I say, you can just go and read more about it. So, I taught the whole church about cells. This is, um, this is, um, I, I went into that church in uh, April 2008. So what I'm talking about should be probably from about June or May. The church that I took over was about 250 uh, people, adults, and then uh, young people. After teaching on the cells, I don't know what happened, but I did not follow on to establish cells in the church. Up to today, the reason, I can't place my hand on the reason. Yeah. But I tell you, the result of that, we used to have what we call ministries, fellowships, you know, quarrels. Thursdays, we used to come for what we call ministry meetings. I was in a huge cathedral. And when I come there on Thursdays, oh no. I felt like crying. I will always be depressed. I'm in the choir. The choir of maybe about 30 people you see five people, they have come for choir ministry meeting. I mean, the whole big cathedral was just a few people scattered. And then I realized that the attendance of the church started going down from about 250. By the time we go to about September, October, the church had reduced to about 150. Yeah, to about 150. Huh? Are you going to go home? I've experienced I've experienced about three reduction in my congregation. The, the first one was the church that I said you know we grew to about 350 people and all that. Before that, we were in a classroom. Then we moved to a compound, and the church grew to about 150. Then now we bought land in a bush and built a foundation on it. And so I moved the church there, right in the middle of the bush. On the day that we were going, we went to brass band music, and all that, the people came. I was very encouraged. They said, after that, they said, look, why you have brought this church? So the church dropped from about 150. Oh, we went to like maybe 70, 80. I don't know whether Bishop Frank were there. We, we, the church, you know, finished. That is the first finishing church. 
The second finishing church is the one that I'm describing. By October or September 2008, the church had dropped from about 250, you know, to about 140, 150 people. And I became desperate. And I became desperate. And I started to cry unto the Lord. I started to cry. I said, Lord, what is happening? What should I do? Pastors, you know, I told you, Jesus is the one who is building his church. Our duty is to go to him and to ask him, Lord, what must I do? Show me what to do. Help me. That is where prayer comes in. A pastor who does not pray cannot build a successful church. And a church that does not pray will not grow. Hallelujah. Prayerlessness is one of the reasons why your church is not growing. It's one of the reasons why your church is not growing. I used to pray. You know, I was desperate. Before my eyes, the church was finishing. And then one time, I was sitting at my study, praying, all right, and I was studying Revelation chapter 3, okay, and then I saw that scripture. The Lord said that, go back. Go back to the things that you have heard. Go back to the things that you have heard. Can I have that scripture? Um, Revelation chapter um, 3. Huh? Oh, what a blessing. Lift up your two hands and speak in the Holy Ghost. Raka pare mo supa kapala baba bala mashi pala baba 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 ela baba 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 Revelation chapter three. Now, and unto the angel of the Lord in Sardis write, this thing said he that had the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name. That thou livest and are dead. Hello, pastors. There are many churches represented here and many churches in many places that have a name that they are alive, but they are dead. What does it mean? There's a signboard. Angels Delight Charismatic People's Push Chapel International. It is there. But it is dead. There are many, many dead churches, many, many empty buildings. I pray that God will give you a revelation at this conference that will help you to begin to see that building being filled up again with people in the name of Jesus. May every dying spirit be arrested from your church in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why don't you clap your hands for the Lord? I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now, verse 3 is the verse that hit me. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. So, so when I read it, I said, Lord, 
what is it that I have, what is it that I have, I have heard and held? Well, what is it? What is it? And as I meditated on it, okay, it just jumped up to me. That, ah, is it not the cell system? It's not a cell system that over the last about two years have been so passionate, has been a blessing to us. Is that not what I said? You know, when we come here, we will do. I took my, my phone and I called one of my senior lay pastors or volunteer uh, pastors. You know, in our church, we have most of the, of the pastors are volunteer pastors or lay pastors. They are not paid. I did that myself about 12 years as a doctor. Built about six or seven churches. Okay? Free of charge. Buy your own fuel. Eat your own food. You pay your own, you know. Uh, I mean, I have preached in this church. Okay? Since, uh, is it 99 or to when Bishop Patrick was here? Eh? We have poured oil on this ground here. Plenty. And I was, I was, a, I was, a, I was a lay pastor. Yeah? I was a lay pastor. I remember at a point I used to drive, you know, one of these crazy American cars, Land Cruiser, our 5.6, the engine. You know, have you seen a car that when you press on, I say, you see the fuel going down like that. Uh-huh. Every time I drove, and those days the roads were bad. It took about nine hours to come here from Accra. You know, these Kentampo roads were all not down. This are 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002. You know, Mr. Patrick used to bring me here every year. Do you see? When I fail, I think I'll fail like three times before I get to Tamale. And all at my expense. Yeah? My wife and myself, we bought uh, uh, help in building church buildings, church equipment. That's the lay ministry. It's an unpaid voluntary ministry. And in the UD, it constitutes nothing less than 80% of all the pastors. So if you see UD pastors, 20 of them sitting down there, 80% of them are not paid. Yeah. And that is the wisdom of the lay ministry that has made this church expand all over. Currently, I have a group of people who are going on international missions to go and start churches. Graduates, you know, and the rest, they are all going as volunteer lay pastors. When they get there, they're going to look for jobs and do it and build a church. It's a blessing. So I had one such pastor. He's still a lay pastor. Still anointed. I called him and I said, I said, I said, Pastor Richard, we are going back to sales. We are going back to sales. The Holy Spirit just reminded me. Anyway, like people say, fast forward. We trained, you know, all our workers again, and then we started uh, uh, with the sales. And the church started, the dying church started exploding. In fact, at a point, our children's church attendance was 1,000 people. Wow. We're running five services. We're running five services. Yeah. I remember, you know, at a point, I wanted to create more room, so I started another service very early. Six or 6.30. And this were like 
Young people in their teens, 18 year olds, 20 year olds, 16 year plenty. You know, 6 o'clock, 6 30. Within a matter of, I, I still remember, within a matter of months, about six months, you know, or so, 900 people were sitting down there. And, and these young people were coming with buses, you know, bringing people from cells. So, brothers and sisters, I'm just trying to let you understand, okay, that if you follow the pattern, the template, the model, the guide, the design that God gave, that your church, have church in the big church, and within the week also, have church in smaller, small, 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 small group, you, you are going to see the hand of God coming upon your church and you are going to see mighty growth. That is why we are talking about church growth and the cell system. Hallelujah. Most of the mega churches you know about in the world are churches that practice the cell system. I've given you the biggest one, the Yodo Full Gospel Church. When you go to South America, the LM Church, the LM Church, I was there in Korea when the pastor was giving his testimony that in the seven days, he had started a church and the church was not working and he heard about Dr. Cho. So he came to Korea and kept on coming and then he started practicing the cell system in his church. He comes from a country called El Salvador, a small uh, country in South America. So he said, soon, while they were meeting, they overgrew it. And then they could not find a place to meet. So they decided to use the stadium in the, in the capital city. The stadium in the capital city. So they met there, and he showed a picture. When they met there, they were like a part of the stadium. All right. A few years later, they filled that stadium. They filled that whole stadium. And then they, they, they now added a second stadium. So this one is full. And then some of the members will gather in a second stadium. That also became full. Then they, they added a third stadium. That also became full. Then they added a fourth stadium that also became four. They added a fifth stadium that also became four. And say in our country we had five stadiums, so that was it. That is going to be your story. I see an auditorium overflowing. That corridor is going to overflow. You are going to move into a bigger place, and you are going to move into another bigger place. God is going to move you. I see God adding and adding and adding and adding. The mega church is coming. It's becoming a reality in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that if you are going to follow the pattern, next year by this time, any church here that will move into the cell system, I prophesy that your growth will be nothing, nothing less than two times to three times. Yeah. Nothing less than two times to three times. Yeah. There are churches here who have 50 members in attendance on Sundays. When you move into cells, next year by this time, you can easily be 200. Oh, yeah. You can easily be 200. You know, when we came back from the lockdown, Pastor Pablo, when we came back from the lockdown, 
in August, we were shocked that our church attendance dropped to 750 people. I'm talking about the real people who come and sit in the church. We were shocked. Yeah. We were doing together with our children before the lockdown, you know, like 2,200. It had dropped to under 1,000. This lockdown. So we said, okay. Let's believe God again. Let's pray again. Let's lift up ourselves again. Let's activate, you know, the cells. Let's strengthen them. Let's create some more, you know. So we started, okay. In three months, in three months, the Lord added 300 people to the church. Yeah. And since that time, okay, the Lord has added nothing less than 500 people to the church. It's all through the cells. On, on average, on a Sunday, on a Sunday, on average, the day that we say, you know, the Lord really didn't move too powerfully, converts, 50 converts in our church. Yeah. Last Sunday, I don't know how, how many people were there last Sunday. Okay. Nothing less than 70. The previous week, the same thing. Where do they come from? From the cells. From the cells. From the cells. How many of you are here? I got what I'm saying. So the cells are very, very important. Dr. Cho says that any church that does not practice the cell system can go to only a certain level. After that, it cannot grow again. Growth into the thousands eh, is made possible only to the cells. And one of the things that I always tell pastors, I personally don't know of any potent church growth mechanism than the cells. Yeah. Yeah. One time we sent a missionary to another country. For six months, he was not able to meet as a church because he was not getting a meeting place. So what he did in the six months was that he just went around winning souls and starting cells. So cells here, cells here, cells here, cells here. After six months, when he was able to get a place to land the church, 60 people were sitting down there. 60 people. Yeah. Today, that church has grown into the hundreds. There's a cathedral. This person is a bishop now. Hallelujah. So, let's follow the pattern that the Lord has given us. Clap your hands for the Lord. this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Anakazo Assemblies Cathedral of Fakor Kaswa. 
Please note our service time. Sunday, 9.30 a.m., Jesus Encounter Service. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.